Welcome to Frankly Speaking About Family Medicine, a CME podcast series where each week we translate today's late-breaking clinical research and news into tomorrow's practice. I'm Dr. Frank Domino, professor in the Department of Family Medicine and Community Health at the University of Massachusetts Chan Medical School and editor-in-chief of the 5-Minute Clinical Consult. Be sure to follow the link in the description after today's episode for more information about today's article and to claim CME credit. This podcast is brought to you by PrimeMed. You're seeing Clara today. She's a 28-year-old female who's pregnant with her first child. She's here for follow-up because of her mild asthma and seasonal allergies. Both have been under good control during the pregnancy, but she is worried about her baby having asthma. You ask her if she plans to breastfeed, and she says, I don't think so. My mother and my friends say it's a lot of work, and formula is full of good vitamins and iron. What advice can we offer, Clara? Hi, this is Frank Domino, and joining me today is Dr. Susan Feeney, Director of the Adult Gerontology and Family Nurse Practitioner Programs at the UMass Chan Medical School, Tan Ching-Fen Graduate School of Nursing. Hi, Susan. Hello, Frank. Uh, I, I, when, I, when I counsel patients about breastfeeding, we've traditionally um, been encouraging and so forth, but depending upon the patient's family of origin and their community, it, it's, it, it's got varying degrees of acceptance. Can you start off by telling us what are the current recommendations around breastfeeding and how effective they are in the U.S.? Sure. Um, and, and you're right. There's, you know, breastfeeding and successful breastfeeding is multifactorial. There's so many things that go into it. But the American Academy of Pediatrics, uh, since 2012, has recommended exclusive breastfeeding, meaning just breast milk, for the first six months of life. And not to start complementary food, which is, you know, baby food and, and water and things like that, until six months. And to continue breastfeeding as a supplement um, until they're 12 months old. So that is a recommendation and it's all over the CDC and it's, and it's everywhere um, that where advice is given. So how successful is it? We, we're, we're really missing the mark. So the last real data that the CDC has is from 2017. And what they say is, and of course these are, these are aggregate data across the country, that about 84% of women start breastfeeding in the hospital at birth. So that's, that's pretty good. But only about 58% are breastfeeding at any kind of level, whether it's exclusive or intermittent at six months. And they also had a, a, a value of like 19% of, of infants receive supplemental formula in the first two days of life. That's, that's really not the best information we could have. Um, so, and if you drill down deeper, there's quite a variation in um, state to state, city to city. Um, some places it's less, it's 50% of people come out of the hospital having breastfed. So we are not anywhere near what the recommendations are. Yeah. I, I mean, they start off at 80% and and very quickly right. it drops down. And and one in five are, are given supplemental formula within two yeah. days of life. Tough, 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 tough. So yeah. traditionally, we have a number of known benefits for breastfeeding. Can you tell us about those? Well, um, we have some pretty good data. We know that for moms, um, there are decreased risks of breast cancer, ovarian cancer, 
decreased rates of hypertension. There's also decreased rates of type 2 diabetes. Uh, we know that it helps with weight loss in the postpartum area and uh, postpartum time, and that it does have uh, enhances bonding. And then for babies, there's been some evidence, although it's been kind of, um, there's been contrary evidence as well, that there might be some uh, reduced risk of asthma. But we know that it has a, a kids that are breastfed have less risk of childhood obesity, type 1 diabetes, which you know is an autoimmune disease, uh, severity of upper and low respiratory tract infections, otitis media, but very high correlation with lower SIDS rate, um, GI infections, and then in infants, the necrotizing intercolitis um, has, is certainly affected by babies having breast milk. So there's a lot of known benefits. I love I love that list, especially for both moms and, and children. I've seen the list for children all the time. I would like a sign in each exam room that says, these are the benefits for, for your baby, and here are the benefits for you. Exactly. Because I, I do think every woman worries about breast cancer and ovarian cancer risks, and they're exactly. all worried about, often worried about losing weight. So uh, you mentioned the controversy around asthma. Can you tell us what we know about breastfeeding and asthma in the recent literature? There had been some positive correlation that there was that uh, breastfeeding might help reduce the risk of asthma, and then there was some evidence that came out in the um, last ten years that it might have shown that maybe there was an increase of, of asthma. So there was a group of Val- Vanderbilt who just uh, published a study. They looked at uh, two thousand healthy infants, about two thousand healthy infants, and followed them for four years. And what's really cool is they actually had seventy six percent still enrolled at four years. And they looked at breastfeeding, whether it was exclusive, when did they stop breastfeeding, when did they introduce supplemental f- feedings, and they did interviews, they did measurement of the respiratory tract and the gut microbiome in these kids, and then they also looked at their rates of um, visits for, for res- respiratory tract infections and the occurrence of asthma and allergic rhinitis. And they found that there was um, a positive association with exclusive breastfeeding, if you look at four years occurrence of asthma, so that it had a protective effect on, on babies and, and then infants and toddlers developing asthma, there did appear to be a dose effect that, that the longer they breastfed, especially in the early months, did have a protective um, effect on development of asthma, lower respiratory tract infections, and the development of allergic rhinitis. So this was really amazing data. And they do think it has some correlation with the um, the gut microbiome in these kids. So uh, it's a very curious thing. More and more things are correlating with changes in the microbiome. So it's curious that they followed it. But I, I, I find uh, it harder and harder to convince parents to exclusively breastfeed. This data is going to add more credence to the benefits of exclusive breastfeeding. What are we going to say to Clara today before she leaves? So this is right up her alley. She's saying, I don't want my child to have asthma, but she's also telling us my mom is not supportive. My friends are not supportive. I'm a single mom. And, you know, it seems like a lot of work. So what we we definitely need to tell her is we've got some compelling evidence that 
she can reduce the risk of her child getting asthma by exclusively breastfeeding and that we can help her be successful in this way. And I would even say, you know, invite mom to come to one of the appointments and share this with her. We need to get buy-in from her family and friends because, um, you know, breastfeeding for some women is very easy. For others, it can be a little fraught in the first week or two. And if once they establish a good milk supply, it really is a very um, satisfying and quote unquote easy thing to do. And it's obviously cheaper than having to buy formula. And I think if you can sort of say, look, that breast milk is made to support your baby's belly and gut and they they won't there's a really good chance or that their risk of asthma goes way down um and that formula although it is a good alternative introduces things into the gut that might might actually make them more at risk for asthma what a great idea though to bring in her support i love the idea of bringing in her partner uh her family supports and say um we're worried about this baby. We've got this great method to help lower its risk of infection and asthma, but you're going to need to give some support to Kara. So uh, Susan, uh, great paper, really interesting data, and hopefully um, exclusive breastfeeding um, just gained one more strong reason to encourage and and provide. Right. And especially for, for Clara, because she's had um, a lifetime of asthma, if we can really hook onto that and say, we can prevent this in your child or help prevent this in your child. Um, I think it's a real powerful message. So Susan, thanks again. Thank you. Practice pointer. Be sure to counsel your pregnant patients that exclusive breastfeeding may reduce the risk of developing asthma, lower respiratory tract infections, and allergic rhinitis in their children. Join us next time when we cover the latest news on the role acetaminophen may play in increasing blood pressure and other cardiovascular outcomes. Thank you for listening to Frankly Speaking About Family Medicine, brought to you by PrimeMed. To claim CME credit and receive additional information about the article referenced in today's episode, follow the link in the description. To stay up to date on the most recent clinical research and news, please subscribe to Frankly Speaking About Family Medicine and be sure to check out primed.com for additional CME content.